very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret society, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Good evening, everybody. It's Robin Vazel, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jeremy Smith. It is Sunday, December 16th, 2018, and this week we're going to do things a little different. Due to time constraints, we won't be doing our first segment of the show where Jeremy and I talk about the uh, week in review or certain things that are on our radar. Um, So we're just going to get right into it with our special guest, Jeffrey Wilson. Jeffrey is a producer and co-host of The Conspiracy Farm and a new show, Everything Combat, with his um, partner, UFC Hall of Famer, Pat Militich. Shout-outs to Patrick. Yes, shout-outs to Patrick. And um, speaking of Patrick, I wanted to ask you, before we get you know get into things, um, how did you get you guys get started in this podcasting? How long has it been? Um, I started with my own podcast called It's Me Speaking to You about four or five years ago. It's spelled It's Me, S-B-K, and the number two, the letter U. It's kind of a little hashtag there. Um, and Pat actually was one of my, was my first guest and I had him on like three or four other times. And, um, I had a segment on my show called the conspiracy triangle of doom. It was three questions just kind of about conspiracy. So whoever I had on whatever walk of life, I would ask them and pick their brain on these three questions. Um, first was, do you believe in extraterrestrial intelligence? Second, do you believe in the official story of the Kennedy assassination? And third, do you believe in the official story of nine 11? So after the last show, he was like, hey, brother, I've been uh, wanting to put together this show called The Conspiracy Farm. Um, I totally thought he was like ribbing me, basically. I just didn't think it was serious. <laughs> and sure enough, yeah, um, we're going about three years now, going on three years, 75 plus episodes, a couple, couple million listeners, 100 plus countries, man. It's been very awesome, quite frankly. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. Most YouTubers do not, I think they underestimate the power of podcasting. I mean, the fact that you've got 13,000 subscribers on YouTube, but the fact that you reach about 2 million listeners in the past three years um, just just goes to show you the power of podcasting. So anyway, congratulations. That's fantastic. And what about uh, Everything Combat? How long have you been doing that for? <laughs> yeah, Everything Combat is really new. That's uh, We started that this summer. It's a little yin to the yang. The conspiracy farm can get a little heavy and heady, and so just, you know, more lighthearted conversations. It's called Everything Combat, but the tagline is because everything is a fight, not just uh, physical combat, but like metaphorical combat because we all have our own fight in life, you know. Absolutely, man. That's never been more evident than right now. Yes, yes. (laughs) It's quite evident. Yeah, we had on, you know, C.T. Fletcher. I don't know if anybody knows C.T. Fletcher, huge hero of mine, um, former world record-breaking power lifter, uh, strict curl as well as bench press. Had a couple of some heart issues, had a heart transplant recently, and his fight is fighting back from that. Uh, really cool conversation. And uh, world, 
wrestling uh, athlete, Olympian legend Dan Gable. We just we just tried to talk to people who have really you know kicked ass in life and kind of how they overcame whatever adversities. All right, then. So Jeffrey, when when I reached out to you for the first time, I asked you what some of your favorite conspiracy topics were um, or are, and one of them being uh, JFK's assassination. So I thought we could get right into that, and then we can talk about some of the current events going on. And um, yeah, so let's uh, let's get started. I highly suggest anyone right now going back and watching um, Oliver Stone's JFK and just the parallels between then and now. It's, it's spooky. The hair will stand up on your arms after rewatching that film. It's been uh, my understanding of kind of these events has really evolved. I mean, I started delving into this when I was a kid, really. I watched the documentary and just kind of blew my mind, no pun intended. But, and it, um, there's just been like JFK. I loved it when it came out, but as I've kind of studied more, it's um, there's there's a lot more going on that really wasn't touched on so much in the film. I agree with that. I do totally agree with that, man. Especially with what we know now from when that film was made. Yeah, I mean, it's gone from like I mean, my understanding, and I still believe there was a huge, huge uh, Central Intelligence Agency aspect to it. But, I mean, when people talk about, you know, the mob, it's kind of this um, stereotype that it's just like the Italian mob that we think of. But, you know, the mob is encompasses more than just the Italian mob. There's, you know, basically the Russian slash Jewish mob. Yep. Which also played a very big role. And not to, you know, it is what it is. The executive producer, his name was Ar- is Arnon Milchan. And he, if you look him up, he has a fairly dubious past as far as arms dealing, et cetera, et cetera. So there's, wow. there was a... Uh, yeah, it's, there's some interesting stuff as it relates to this. And it's like, again, with JFK, and I love Oliver Stone. I love, you know, Platoon, Born on the Fourth of July. I even like JFK just from like an entertainment standpoint. But clearly, he took a fairly dramatic uh, license with a lot of things. And a lot of things, he didn't go quite as deep as he could have. I totally agree with that, man. I do. And did you read any of the newly released documents regarding the JFK assassination? I did. I did see some. Um one of the ones that really stood out, I think, I mean, it's hard to really sift through a lot of that stuff. It's a lot of kind of jargon. But one of the things that really stood out was um, they pretty much substantiated a shot from the front. Yes. Yeah. And that kind of just, I mean, once, I think I think they said it in JFK, once you establish more than one shooter, more than one, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald had nothing to do with, I mean, he had stuff to do with it, but he wasn't no fire a weapon. He you know, whoever that was supposedly with his shitty Italian rifle up there with three shots, you know, there's a lot going yeah. on. Yeah. That did substantiate that. Did it not? That there was. It did. It did. I mean, yeah. and even if you look at the film, you know, why did everybody run the complete opposite direction? You know, the guy's mm-hmm. head went back into the left. I mean, it's, it's, you know, pretty obvious, but obviously there's a huge invested interest in, in not letting that truth out because of how kind of deep it goes. It's more than just, like I said, some crazed lone nut. Up in the up in the window. So, why do you think President Trump has not declassified um, these documents related to the assassination of John F. Kennedy? I, I just I have never Pat and I kind of go back and forth on this, and obviously, you know, I'm not sure if we're going to get into to Q anon or not. But I, I'm not like I've said on the show. I don't um, I don't believe when it comes to things like the United States of America and all that's at stake that there's just basically there's no lone gunslingers. There's nobody that comes in and is like, I'm just going to do it my way. I don't think, I don't think presidents are elected. I think they're selected. 
and even if he is taking out some some taking out some people i i liken it to the end of the godfather he's during the baptism scene trump is michael corleone and he's taking out all the old gangsters uh, and going to bring yeah. in and going to bring in his gangster and we we see that now i mean obviously like cohen going to jail really had nothing to do with anything of collusion and what trump did personally or business wise but i mean it just goes to show i mean he's not He's not rolling with, you know, angels and choir boys. No. The guy is a New York State real estate tycoon. He has some criminal ties. Oh, absolutely. If he comes out or not, it's, you know, and even the Kushners, I mean, come on, Jared Kushner's dad's a felon, been in jail. I mean, there's there's a there's a lot going on here. And honestly, I mean, I don't even really see him kicking out the old guard. Um well, yeah, this is, you know, you know, we had on Craig Summon story, like you said, and he talked about Gitmo's going to be open and, you know, no. even Sam and all these, all these conversations about Q, et cetera, et cetera. It just keeps kicking the can down the road, you know, 16,000 indictments, 26,000 indictments, you know, 600,000. I mean, they don't even know for sure if those are sealed, that those are sealed indictments. Indictments are also not the only court documents that are sealed. Search warrants are routinely sealed. Applications to tap phones or log calls coming to or from a phone. Obtaining vehicle tracking devices or reading email accounts. All of those things require court documents, and they could also potentially be sealed. And not only that, but the Fifth Amendment requires that the federal government obtain an indictment from a grand jury in order to prosecute someone for a felony. Only the grand juries hand down indictments. Judges can't do it. Federal agencies can't do it. The president can't do it. Yeah, I always ask all the time, was was it part of the plan, Q fans, for the Awan brothers who ran like the biggest spy ring in, at Capitol Hill to walk? You know, even when oh, they, were charged, they were charged with they were charged with bank fraud instead of you know running espionage in the United States. You know, Pest Podesta is now getting out early. We don't know what happened to Seth Rich. You know, we, we know for a fact Wasserman Schultz and HRC through the DNC committed federal election fraud and stealing the nominations from Bernie. We know this. I mean, it's just yep. like, I've, I've seen no high-profile perp walks as far as the, the charges they're talking about, running these criminal rings, et cetera, et cetera, which has been going on for decades and decades, even behind, beyond any particular political party or family. But, um, yeah, I think it's, like I said, with Q, I know we haven't gotten to it yet, but it's, it's, it's some sophisticated hope porn, in my opinion. Well, there's no negative. Like, all those things you just rattled off in Q world, no, 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 man, you're wrong. That's actually a secret win. Yeah. Okay, what proof do you have? Well, Q said. Yeah. Somehow, you said is proof now. And we, that's, that's you can't sustain that level of, of being that gullible. I mean, that just. But it is. You people, people uh, you know. God love the flat earthers, but there are people who die hard believe in that shit, man. Oh yeah, I mean, and will till the day they die. For, well, and the same with same with Q, same with this whole notion of like, again, our our hearts are in the right place. We understand the evil and criminality yep. that's taking place, and I just want some GD accountability across yes. the board. Even going back to Kennedy, I mean, I know stuff was going on even before that, but like, there's no real accountability, no walks, no real significant perp walk. Maybe some low-hanging fruit, but... There's not even really low-hanging fruit, guys. Like, really, the only indictment so far has been that James Wolf for leaking. Or, or even, you know, with the sex, you know, the Weinsteins and, you know... Oh, right, and uh, Anthony Weiner, too, who's actually getting out of jail in March of next year. Nothing. I, yeah, I, yeah I, didn't, I didn't know that, but, yeah, I mean, it's... uh. Yeah. 
It's pretty crazy. So before we move on from our conversation regarding John F. Kennedy, I thought we'd just discuss a little bit about the similarities between him and John and Donald Trump. Um, the obvious ones being they both grew up wealthy, privileged. Um, they both had domineering fathers. Um, they were both rebellious in school. They had um, relations with women that were, I would say, reckless and cavalier. And also they both came up against the deep state. They both, well... We know that John F. Kennedy came up against the deep state, which is why he ended up um, assassinated. Um, as far as we know, Donald Trump is fighting the deep state. What are your thoughts on that? Well, again, is he is Trump really up against the deep state? I mean, I think he is, but I think right now they're kicking his ass. He he's not showing any signs of fighting back. But make no mistake, they'll have his head on a pike. So they're going after him, whether he does respond or not yeah i mean it's it's interesting to see who exactly is this deep state man i, I mean the, the politicians in my opinion are just really you know puppets to the larger puppet masters so it's like you know it's it's hard to see. like like you just said you're exactly i said this to pat man if trump's gonna drop the hammer i thought it was gonna be before the midterms but no nope, right. now it's january 1st when supposedly this executive order kicks in i'm about, not buying it exactly they just keep kicking the can down the yeah. road so before we move on from this, one last question. Um, you know, the CIA was capable of being so much more secretive uh, when it came to taking someone out. There's, you know, talk about them having exploding cigars, having access to this gun that would give someone a heart attack. I'm sure they had plenty of other options. Why did they do this so out in the open? I mean, I don't, I mean, that nobody's gone to jail for when we're sitting here just hypothesizing. I mean, part of, part of covert operations, which essentially is what that was, a clandestine black op, you have, you know, plausible deniability, so it never actually gets back to you. So that's why now it's all just circumstantial and theoretical, and we just can kind of hypothesize on do we think X, Y, Z. But, <clears throat> excuse me, another part of really understanding the Kennedy assassination, as I have, um, is really understanding the not just the world he inherited in 1960, but, you know, the end of World War II, you, you have your NSA beginning, you're going from your OSS to your CIA beginning, your National Security Act in the beginning of covert operations, and essentially the, the realm of, uh, of influence of Alan Dulles, who was the CIA head for, for many, many years um, leading up to Kennedy's death. So when Kennedy fired him and Richard Bissell and Charles Cabell after the Bay of Pigs, he just, he just ended intelligence careers that go back decades yep. and was upsetting a lot of apple carts because Dulles and I mean there was you know it's a, it's the grand chessboard as the big Brzezinski says and they had a lot of plays in motion and Kennedy wasn't um let's just say playing ball with all of them so it, it helps to understand the the timing the time coming up to the Kennedy era and even even the Middle East you know his his relationship with Abdul Nasser who had not too long before that nationalized the Suez Canal, which pissed off Dulles and a lot of people, you know, Kennedy was trying to kind of chum up with him a little bit. You also have your Israel nuclear site in Demona that Kennedy was demanding access to and making Israel fi- uh, register their foreign agents in this country. So there's, you know, a lot there's of a global lot. politics going on. Yeah, for sure. So it's, you know, it's clearly not Lee Harvey Oswald, but being able to pin it, pin it down, really. I'm sure there's probably more educated people than I am who could probably do that. But, you know, he um, was pissing off a lot of people. Jeffrey, do you, um, do you think that picture is legit of uh, Papa Bush standing outside? No. The building? No. Okay. 
That was one of my questions, Jeremy. I can't. I'm not sure how I feel about that one. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, whatever. You know, how many shots was it? An ice bullet, back or from the front? How many shooters? I mean, it's it's almost like I said. If you understand the the what was going on before in the Latin term "qui bono," who benefited afterward, it's very similar to 9/11. Who cares about the melting point of steel? I mean, if you begin to understand the architects and the people who were running shit before that happened and who benefited afterwards, it makes all that stuff kind of irrelevant. I mean, it makes for fun conversation, but the larger implications of who benefited, who benefited the Kennedy assassination as well as things like 9-11 is really more where uh, you could find your answers. Okay, so we can't necessarily prove that that photo was real. So if we can't put him there, do you think that he's still, he was still involved in any way, Bush? I mean, yeah, I mean, he was still a player during that time, you know, from Zapata Oil. I mean, he, he was, yeah, Bush was still a player. I mean, and, you know, he's from Texas. This happened in Texas. Yeah. I mean, and, he, and another person, Charles Cabell, who was fired, you know, with Richard Bissell and um, Alan Dulles, his brother, Earl Cabell, was the mayor of Dallas when the assassination happened. So, I feel bad. I mean, they had tried to kill Kennedy a couple of times before, but that day in Dallas, man, he was, you know, the elimination of secret, secret service, you know, the police being involved. I mean, it's scary to walk, to think the ambush he was walking into and drove into. And, and just had no idea. Yeah. I mean, they had, you know, he knew he was walking into Texas. Texas is, you know, Texas is Texas. And, you know, he was a liberal and it just, it, he weren't, they weren't big fans of the Kennedys. In I've, Texas. I've heard Dr. Steve Pachinik talk about JFK and he said that he was a smart man, but he kind of implied that Kennedy was clueless in a lot of ways. And that might be kind of that naivete of coming from that kind of aristocratic family where he never really got, <clears throat> I mean, granted, he, when I say in the trenches, yes, he was a war vet, et cetera, et cetera. But I just don't think he knew, like I said, the apple cart he was upsetting when he fired yeah. like a Richard Bissell or an Alan Dulles, or when your dad basically uh, utilizes Sam Giancana in Chicago, a mafia head to get you elected. And then you get your brother as attorney general to basically go after the mafia. I mean, there was some serious underestimation of the powers at play, I think. I don't know if you guys saw this the other day, but you guys know the whole Vincent Fusco is JFK Jr. angle, which correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't even think QAnon said that. I think that was more Liz Crokin and some others that started that whole subgenre of Q. Well, it came out that the guy that was, um, that people thought were Vincent Fusca on Twitter, it turns out that it was a former Green Party delegate that had had that account and was posing as Vincent Fusco online. And then Q himself did a Q&A that night. And someone asked, Q, is JFK Jr. Uh, dead? And Q said yes and confirmed it. And there are still people chasing their tails saying, no, disinfo's necessary. Q was lying about that. I mean, getting me to really kind of comment on this, and of course I will, but it's asking me to kind of compare the ratio of leprechauns to unicorns. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's not silly because I know it's important. I know a lot of people really are really believe in it. And like I said, <clears throat> I mean, anybody in this genre of like, you know, truth seekers, whatever you want, however you want to phrase that, want that shit to be true. I mean, if yep. you know the darkness that has been going on on both sides of the political spectrum, globally from trading in drugs people arms body parts i mean it's insane 
when you start talking about like the, the, the underground black budget economy that really and how it's really run, you, you want this to be true. But at the end of the day, like I said, uh, this has been going on for a long time. So if he does get rid of a Hillary or whatever, I mean, this is, these are just tentacles of the beast and the beast isn't going anywhere. No, you, you can't really go back through history and find a time where all people had to do is just sit there and a, a superhero did everything for them. Um, I'm just wondering, are they going to snap out of it? Because I, mean, I don't know about you guys, but it shocks me how many people are buying into QAnon. Like it's, it's a scary number. Yeah, it is. And that's why when things happen, I be I will just every once in a while to kind of to be a little bit antagonistic, but just to legitimately ask, was the Iwan brothers a part of it? You know right. what I mean? Are all these things, you know, is all of his people going to jail, Trump's people going to jail, even though it's not necessarily directly connected to him, they're making it seem like Pat, my boy, thinks Mueller and Trump are like on the same team for this. Oh, no. oh my gosh, don't get us started no, no, on that. No, Pat. No, Pat. <laughs> But there are people who legitimately believe it. So I'm like, all right, there's, they're going to get rid of all these other people who are going to, like, they think the focus of this investigation is like Hillary and the emails, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, that might be a part of it. That might be a part of it. But I mean, it's like, I mean, we'll see. Everyone's now, Q, I heard like Hillary and Bill canceled their speaking tour and went to India. All right, we'll see. And you they're know. living it up. They're living it up. And in the, in the meantime, look at that Clinton Foundation hearing. Like that was a complete comical. That was a joke. I didn't and somehow that. people are walking away from that mind blown and, and still going on about Hoover. Did you, did that hearing encourage you guys? I, I knew it was coming, but I, again, I'd same with, you know, the Horowitz report that was supposed to be the silver bullet. I mean, right. nothing, you know what I mean? It just, again, they, it just gets the can gets kicked down the road and it's like I said, it's, it's, it's a very interesting show it's very entertaining but i mean i think it only serves i personally well it only serves to keep us divided they yeah. have us divided on so many spectrums politically sexually religiously ethnically racially and so i think q is kind of a, just another layer to that because i don't think they're going to try to take out trump or whatever but I think I think we have some possible very significant civil unrest on our hands. I'm going to say Civil War too. I know people say that a lot. I don't think it'll go quite that hard, but I think we're going to see some some pretty serious civil conflict between political parties. It's just going to kind of spiral to all the other things that we're divided on. Agreed. Not a good time right now. No, it's not at all. And I think we we're already dealing with muddy waters and then QAnon muddies those waters even more. And it's just, it's information overload. Um, use the term black pilled, whatever you want to call it. But I, I've personally <laughs> like, never seen anything like this, man. It, it, this been, it's just sophisticated, you know, national defense authorization act. I think it was two that Obama signed in made it legal to utilize propaganda. propaganda. They've been using it forever, but now it's codified and it's legal. And I, that's all I really think this is. I mean, yeah. it's, on both sides, to be honest, yeah, like, I can't it, even take Hannity serious anymore. I can't take any of it serious. No, no. It's, I mean, it's literally, you know, these terms now, which I've known of and people in this realm have known of forever, deep state, fake news is essentially Operation Mockingbird. This is, a, this oh, is yeah. another thing that came out of World War II, just the CIA and the government's ability to you know, run the media, which thus right. controls the narrative, thus controls your perception of events throughout the world. It's not but a human on term. Like this is stuff we've known no, about exactly. for decades, guys. Exactly.
And but I, getting people to, to get that is really tough because, yes, you know, I think we're just so entrenched. We're so extremely tribal that, you know, you'll just never be able to convince somebody Sean Hannity's yeah. horseshit or Don Lemon's horseshit or, you know what I mean? It's just people like, again, I say on the show, people don't have their, their opinions anymore. Their opinion has them and it becomes, they become just super intransigent and just cannot really be spoken to. We see it all the time. Marriages, fucking marriages are ending. Relationships are ending. Family members aren't speaking because of the political climate today. Yeah, uh, even just QAnon, man. I've seen reports of that. I mean, I know a lady I talked to on Twitter. Like, there's a huge rift in her family because she doesn't believe in QAnon. Look, what Q has done is it's divided the right. And people who follow Q will never admit that. They'll never see it that way. They'll call me a bad person for even thinking such a thing. But that is what it has done. It's, it's by design. I think it's these, these social engineers are, are wickedly, wickedly brilliant. And, you know. Were you ever convinced, like even in the beginning, say the first few months that Q um, had some legitimacy? Or did you, were you always skeptical? Possibly. Possibly. I mean, yeah. there could have been. I, I do believe there was kind of an internal war going on in whatever you want to call it, the deep state, the intelligence world. I mean, there's, I think that's partially why Hillary lost. Like I never thought she would have lost. Cause I thought she was so deep state and Trump right. was too, at least on, on the surface too outsiderish. But then I think they knew like, man, this chick's going to be in fucking committee for four years. Like she's, they're just going <laughs> to find out more and more, you know, but I mean, who knows a lot of this stuff, maybe not, maybe wouldn't have even came out had she got elected. So, but again, with, supposedly what she's been involved in in the clinton foundation just the egregious stuff from stuff in haiti to just bilking billions of countries i'm surprised i'm surprised they're yeah laura silsby that gets me more like and i see this huge push today that like you know pizza gate was fake guys not any ounce of that was true and i have to disagree like maybe say the term pizza gate is fake but there were some themes there well, I, that are very much yeah, real. I mean, when you understand how ubiquitous, you know, that whole child sex, especially in D.C., after George Bush 41 died, I, I posted the, the Washington Times or Washington about Post the article. Was, yeah, about the call boy rings in the middle of the night. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, yeah. And that's not conspiracy. That is, that is documented in a legitimate newspaper. I believe it was the Times. I think it was the Washington Times. And um, so you figure President Trump must know that as well. How can he, how could he speak so highly of Bush after his death? I just couldn't wrap my head around that. Or the fact that he was so generous with uh, his handshake toward Obama and Michelle. Ugh, made me sick. I couldn't. My friend pointed this out to me, but it's almost like Trump made a deal with the Bushes or something. Like, it was so weird how all that went down. They had a meeting before the funeral, and then Trump was invited, and I don't know. I mean, I it's not all WWE, but it's a lot. W, I mean, as much as you know, I, Trump's been messing with the Clintons forever. Like, you know, yep. he's they've been chummy at parties. I mean, I think this is more political theater really than anything else. I mean, it's nothing, in my opinion, the same train is going the same direction on the same tracks, just with a new shiny engine or orange engine. Oh, man, I'm not ready to go that far yet, but I'm not looking <laughs> oh my good. Gosh. If that's I'm, I'm, just, I'm just too damn cynical, and maybe it, I, I just, like, the whole 
cue. I mean, I wish, man, geez, Lord, I wish that was true. I would love to, I mean, again, it's so deep. I mean, if we, uh, we say on the show, if deep. we know their names, they're, they're not really play. They're players in the game, but the real cats are cats. We don't even know their names. True. You know, they're true architects of what's going on in the world. So, I mean, these are just scraps that we'll get. And then everybody, you know, clap their hand. I mean, they won't, I don't think getting those openings. There's not going to be. No, but I will say this, um, Jeffrey, there was, th this struck me as really odd and I don't want to peddle any hopium bullshit. <laughs> Did you see during the um, uh, Kavanaugh? Um, um, yes, the Kavanaugh hearing when Lindsey Graham um, brought up the military tribunals. Have you seen that clip? That was bizarre. I can't wipe that off. And they said it was the first time ever during a Supreme Court confirmation hearing that that topic came up, like in history. Hmm. Uh, well, there are news articles out there that do say Gitmo is, you know, being kept open. It's, it's completely, listen, I'm no soothsayer. I'm just telling you what my considerations suggest. And it's, I just don't see it just because we've never seen it. You know what I mean? No. This, this cabal has been going on for quite some time, you know, going back to the beginning of this country to a large respect. And it's like, you, who's ever walked for the Gulf of Tonkin being a lie and 58,000 Americans dying, millions of, you know, Vietnamese dying, you know, what's the, the sanctions in Iraq that are killed half a million yeah, plus people. The babies being kicked Libya. out of the incubator lied to get us into that. Exactly. Point. Same shit in Syria. We're funding the same cats that we're saying are like, you know, coming to take our freedoms. I mean, it's 20,000, the UN report that almost 20,000 kids' organs had been harvested in Syria since oh I think it was God, 2004 dude. or five. Did I mean, you guys see that serious. video that was out? I'm not sure if it was real or not, but it really scarred me. It was supposedly in Syria of doctors getting ready to like put a little girl to sleep to take her organs. Yeah, that, no, that was real. That was that, real. Pat sent me that as well. I had on uh, a couple times wow. recently, if you go check out our interview with uh, Eva Bartlett, investigative journalist and journalist out of Canada that's been to Syria like 10 times. I mean, and she's been boots on the ground. She's, she's just really knows the real deal. It's not a Syrian civil war. The most of those people, 90% of those people love Assad. They recognize who the terrorists are. We, the West, NATO, uh, Israel, Saudi Arabia, and the U.S. fund what they call the Syrian rebels. It's essentially ISIS. Just to, it's, it's, a, yep. it's a proxy war. White it's hats to are part of that. The, the white helmets hats. are a part of that. Yep. Absolutely. It's all a Hegelian dialectic of problem, reaction, solution. Man, you I've, create the problem, and then you bring in the solution to the problem you created. I, and again, I wish it's, it's you would chess, have told man. me like that video was fake. I, I wish you could have told me that like that. Well, and you, you, I think made the false assumption that they were anesthetizing them, and that's the thing in that video, or at least oh, other ones like it. They no. weren't. They weren't putting the kids under. Oh my god. Oh no. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, whatever. I don't know how dark you want to get, but this is a part of what that dark arts sexual cabal does to mm -hmm. children. They traumatize them sexually yep. and physically to create an adrenaline rush of what they call adrenochrome, and then they kill them, and then they eat their adrenal gland. That's real. Man, I, I've, I think that's real. I don't no, think no. Hunter S. Thompson was bullshitting when he – I think he gave us a peek inside that world here and there. Yeah. There's no words for it. The level of darkness and terror and just pure evil that that is in you know evil's real, man. Evil is real. I never really thought so. I know there's bad people, but there's a lot of people who, uh, yeah, they like them dark arts. Well, for someone who might be skeptical of the adrenochrome, um, 
can can you explain to them the facts behind that? Well, I mean, it is it's essentially dark magic or black magic that a lot of them participate in. And these rituals, I mean, there's just all kinds of rituals that they do, but there are certain ones that involve sacrificing children. And that's eating their adrenochrome is just one. I mean, there's, bro. I mean, all of it's just as bad as the next, but, you know, literally drinking, drinking blood out of the skull of a severed child of their, of their head and skinning their bodies. I mean, it's, but the, the part about adrenochrome is, is that, you know, they, whether you believe in it or not, they do. So the adrenochrome is like, basically, I stay young, I get the energy of this young child. And this goes back centuries, gang. This is, these are rituals mm-hmm. that have taken place for a very long time. Yeah, I've seen like some old art of, um, it was like medieval times of like the king, there was a big vat. And I think Manly P. Hall, it was part of his, um, he would collect dark art books, so no one else could get them. Mm. Um but it I'll go was, to Podesta's house. He's got some pretty interesting artwork on the wall. Yeah, man. There's no denying that, man. Like, there's just a huge push right now to discredit Pizzagate, Adrenochrome, the Prize satanic pedigree. Well, I mean, when you when you say Pizzagate, it's like Hillary Clinton runs Pizzagate. That's false. Right. It's a straw man argument. It just like throws the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. No, let's, just because that's not true, let's go yeah. deeper into this. Do they eat babies at that pizza parlor? Probably not. But that doesn't make the whole thing fake. Absolutely. It just, you know, kind of like the picture of Bush at, at the at Dealey Plaza, you know, the supposed picture of Hillary and Huma Abedin on a ping pong table or fucking in the basement of Comet Pizza. I mean, it's just, it just, it definitely, like you said, muddies the waters. And then it just, people, you know. To me, the biggest proof of it, it is going back and reading Aleister Crowley's own words. Um, once you study Crowley, you really have no doubt in your mind that this stuff exists. Well, yeah, and Crowley's just picking up on stuff that's older than that. Oh, so, sure. Absolutely. This has been going on for, you know, whatever you want to call them, Satanist, Luciferian, you know, practitioners of dark arts. I mean, I think there's, there's light magic, there's white magic too, but I mean, magic is real in my opinion, gang. I think Crowley revolutionized it though for the modern day though. I think Oh, he's- for sure. For yeah. sure. Oh, and by the way, did you know that um, Congressman Raskin brought up Pizzagate and Frazzledrip at this uh, Google CEO hearing? Do you know what Frazzledrip is? Uh, I'm not aware of the specifics about it. Uh, I heard some references about it from my, from my team uh, over the past 24 hours. Um, I just learned about it in the Washington Post this morning. There's a article with this headline, a platform for free speech that extremists routinely exploit. And in it, um, the article explains that the recommendation engine for YouTube, which, which is owned by Google, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. The recommendation engine for YouTube recently suggested videos claiming that politicians, celebrities, and other elite figures were sexually abusing or consuming the remains of children, often in satanic rituals, according to watchdog group, Algo Transparency. The claims echo and often cite the discredited Pizzagate conspiracy, which two years ago led to a man firing shots into a Northwest Washington, D.C. pizzeria in search of children he believed were being held as sex slaves by Democratic Party leaders. Um, One recent variation on the theory, which began spreading on YouTube this spring, claimed that Democrat Hillary Clinton and her longtime aide Huma Abedin had sexually assaulted a girl and drank her blood a conspiracy theory its proponents dubbed Frazzled Drip. Now, the article goes on to describe how this Frazzled Drip 
conspiracy is all over YouTube. Um, and some of the frazzle drip clips purport to show grainy images of Clinton and Abedin committing crimes and speak of invoking the death penalty. One video, which has been viewed 77,000 times and remains online today, has a voiceover that says, will these children become the dessert at the conclusion of the meal? I did hear about that. Okay. I didn't know it was yeah, the HRC video. Yeah. yeah. So now they're, now they're discussing it openly out in, at <laughs> hearings. And I think this is where it gets dangerous. It can be yeah. well, it, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I think to keep the train, I mean, the Clintons just, I mean, because they're pretty useless to, to the globalists and to the elite now. They have no, no juice anymore. So they might become, you know, sacrificial lambs. And they may, anytime anybody's outed, like Elliot Spitzer, oh, you got caught with a hooker, or any, Dennis Haster got caught with boys, they all have, they don't get to those positions, very similar to the mafia, unless you have dirt on you. Exactly. So when, you, when you wind up getting pinched, my question is, okay, who'd you piss off? Who'd you <laughs> not play ball with? Because that's the only time they pull your card is when you step out of line. And I think we're seeing a lot of that in D.C. right now. I think that's why we're seeing the, the, the left, the establishment, get by with bloody murder. Because I do think there was some pushback on Hillary. And I, I think right now we're seeing all of those blackmail uh, claims coming true. Hillary's holding her blackmail over the entirety of D.C. right now. That's why no one's standing up. Yeah, she was, she was in India last week at the same time the hearing was happening. And she looked so happy as if nothing was going on and everything was just dandy. Oh, yeah, with Huma, and they're just living it up. Oh, yeah, Huma, who was apparently supposed to be indicted on November 6th of last year. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Podesta's getting out early, like unless he sang, but still, who who he sing on? Like, what's these right. ten trillion indictments? Okay, I get it. It takes time to build them. Low hanging fruit. They have to sing on this person. They have to sing on this person. But it's like, it's a good show. It's a good show. You know what I mean? Now, I guess we did stop funding funding Yemen. It's it, uh, domestic policy will keep us all distracted and all that stuff. Political footballs to kick around forever. Meantime, I think that the real the real um, implications is he white hat or not is the foreign policy yeah we can't deny that saudi arabia is so so corrupt i mean they are the greatest defenders of sex trafficking um but at least trump admitted that uh you know he was very honest about why we are you know working with saudi arabia so closely he was he was gangster honest like i don't give a fuck <laughs> and i love that I know, I know what they do. I know they behead women in the street. I know they can't drive. I know they stone them in the street. But they've been our biggest allies. So um, I'm going to now talk shit about China's human rights. Like, the fact that we even have the nerve to talk about Annie's human rights while not even blinking an eye while you know all this madness goes down in Saudi Arabia is just laughable. So and it's just indicative of just the overall hypocrisy. And I find that, that truthfulness refreshing from him. It is. I hated old politicians like, no, we're... We're gonna impose sanctions. Like no, he's like, I'm doing nothing. No, I, I think he's. I think he might have bone sawed. What's his name? But uh, and what? What's next? Like they didn't. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Just his daughter. Watch. His daughter is heading up this thing for for human trafficking in Saudi Arabia. Right. The biggest offenders of that. It's crazy. It's right exactly, and I think that more has to do like Saudi Arabia. 
our relationship was really, you know, the creature of Jekyll or whatever it was that, that we started refining their oil. That was really important. But now we don't necessarily need Saudi Arabia anymore. And they don't necessarily need us, especially now that they're getting some of their oil from the Chinese. And, you know, the, the relationship over there is definitely, definitely changing. That's why I always say that even though Syria might be winning the conflict over there, I don't think between Western pipelines that want to go through there, China's one belt, one road that needs to go through there. Like they're not going to take Syria off the, off the target list anytime soon because the globalists really kind of need that region. Yep. I understand what you're saying, but a part of me still believes that he really wants to take these motherfuckers down. Excuse my yep. name. Well, it, it, okay. Now how does that pendulum swing any different than eight years ago when Obama came in? I'll I tell know. you what though, for just Trump, if he does nothing else, watching him fight the media and watching him dismantle PC culture is almost worth it. I mean, that's better than anything else we've had. I, I, I actually, like I said, I find his frankness refreshing. I, I hated that that politics speak because it just, oh, you know, it's, it just kind of reaffirms my thought, like the matrix. This is totally the matrix. Like there's this oh, false man. reality they've put over the reality and how the politicians talk to us or used to talk to us was totally that false reality. It's just whatever you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you want to hear, especially during election time. I mean, I, at least Trump is kind of Tony Starkish in that he, I don't need your money. I don't need any of that. You know what I mean? I'm right. definitely, I'm definitely not palatable to most people, but you know, count how many fucks I give. Speaking of the Matrix, I listened to that podcast you sent me, the episode that you did um, on the energetic slavery, when you talk about energetic slavery. It had to have been probably Matthew LaCroix, probably yes. one of our last ones. Yes, you sent that Incredible to episode. Oh my gosh. You know, I've, I've, I've always kind of, you know, even going back to my Art Bell days, I've always found that conversation like the Anunnaki and how we really came about Fascinating. You know, an ancient civilization. And I've always just kind of toiled in that, never really went too hard. But researching for that episode with, with Matthew LaCroix, and I suggest a lot of people, whoever listens, check him out, check out his channel. It really, like you just said, it really put it all in perspective. Because like I say on the show, even before I started coming to this realization, the, the levels that they have us divided on are huge. And that's really nothing new under the sun. But researching how far it goes back to literally ancient times uh -huh. the level of division of basically what is called the eagle versus the serpent it, it just has has blown my mind since that episode and i really i'm not necessarily exhausted doing the conspiracy farm because these are great conversations to have but most people not that i know it all but most people will not get that how far these divisions go back and how really sophisticated it is and so interesting it just makes seeing the arguments people argue over right left you know red mm -hmm. blue it just is so fucking laughable yeah. but still disheartening because it's like part of the whole ruse is keeping us divided not making sure we don't know how freaking powerful we are so they like they said they keep us kind of mentally enslaved and in these boxes and in these tribes i think that's kind of what QAnon does but like they, it's so strange. They have these, QAnon has these people thinking like they're Spartans on the front line of the battle. But when you step back, they're really just like snoozing in a ditch somewhere on the sidelines. Like, like it, all the QAnon people think they're really fighting the fight. And they're on the front lines, like they're they're a Spartan. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just a micro version of what we see every day in the media. People actually believe name it xyz i think it's setting us up for something because when nothing does happen or when trump does get 
you know, impeached or whatever, then it just, it just, it just exacerbates that, that, uh, that division even more. Where do we go from here? What's the solution? Uh, psilocybin getting placed in the world's water system. What is, what is psilocybin? Magic I'm, mushrooms. It's, yeah. it's the oh, active okay. ingredient in magic mushrooms. <laughs> so if you put the liquid, it's uh, yeah, don't, yeah, it's, you know, it's all good. But no, seriously, I, it, well, the reason I say that because you know, not having known anything about it, I've, I've read extensively, <laughs> but it, it, it kind of helps transcend this reality. It's kind of, you know, a red pill, red pill metaphorically. Um, it's, you know, been used for, it's still being talked about being used for therapeutic applications for PTSD and depression, et cetera, et cetera. But like I've always said, even when I was younger, I've always saw this fighting and I always thought even not even having a sophisticated mind about it, not that I do now, but you know, we're, we're, we're just fighting about everything all the time. And so something I think would alleviate that is like an extraterrestrial, like something that lets us know how one we are, not necessarily against them, but it just, it would definitely break us out of our malaise of thinking whether it's religiously or whatever we're alone and we're you know whatever the story is i think something like an extraterrestrial sighting or a mass extraterrestrial sighting would definitely it would i mean you notice like after 9-11 we were all so kind of one except for idiots who were beaten like sikhs ass because they thought they were muslim or any natural disaster you know you see everybody helping everybody out of ditches and whatever whatever but after after like a day or two we go back to being pricks i was just saying somebody the other day i'm like i can almost feel it already the day after Christmas. I love the holiday season. Things do kind of change with people, but the day after, people were going back to being cunts already. Oh, yeah. Just like, Quick. Just like the day of, of uh, Black Friday. It was a great meme. Like, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a melee, and one dude even had his dog, like, lunging forward. It was the best picture ever, but it was like, only in America can, you know, you basically do this after <laughs> the day for being supposedly thankful for everything. I feel like it gets worse every year with people, how aggressive they get. They're fighting over electronics. It's, it's crazy. They right. just, I just saw the, the, the release of the new Jordans, wherever that was. It was, it was a stampede of humanity for fucking shoes. Yeah. Yep. They were That's just so trampling awesome. people. It was, I mean, it was just embarrassing. I can't so, do it. On the galactic know. scale, if there's like a galactic council looking at us, they're like, they'd be like, you guys, what, what's happening on Earth? Yeah. You guys see, like, what are they doing? Well, since we're on the topic of the galactic, Jeffrey, what are your thoughts on Project Bluebeam? It's one of those things like, I know they kind of are supposed to tell you about stuff before they do it. That's kind of their, the, what they do. They kind of tell right. you what they're going to do before they Lesser do it. Lesser magic. Yeah. And I, I've, seen, I've seen stuff. I've seen uh, instances of that. I think it was Japan, this like big Poseidon looking, like a hundred foot. In I the mean, sky. It was projected on the ocean, on the water. It just okay. looked absolutely amazing. But I think if the more acclimated we get to seeing it, almost like whatever that 6D, the, the auditorium of kids where the whale jumps out of the, the gymnasium floor, but it's just a 6D or whatever projection. I mean, the more we see it, we're going to see stuff like, oh, there's a 6D spaceship up there, as opposed to like, you know, 20 years ago, we'd be like, holy fuck, War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's possible. Again, I don't claim to have all the answers. I do believe, I do believe it's possible. Because look at lately, they found that they found that ship. They literally from NASA called it a spacecraft sent from a possibly sent from another civilization. And then they saw that the the ISS spotted this big, huge blue ship uh, like a week or two ago that was they said towering over Earth. So it's like I like to call it soft disclosure. I think it's coming, but I think they can't necessarily do it overt because I think there are a lot of people still kind of 
blue pilled up. What was Bill Cooper's theory on that? He like I think it towards the end. I'm not saying that Bill Cooper's perfect, but um, did, wasn't that kind of his whole spiel there at the end that they're going to use aliens against us? Through my network of friends in the intelligence community, what I discovered was amazing. What I discovered, ladies and gentlemen, is that there has been a plan in existence since about 1917, and probably before that, to create an artificial extraterrestrial threat to this Earth in order to create a one-world totalitarian socialist government. One of the first documents that I found in my search was this one. The Imperial Japanese Mission 1917, a record of the reception throughout the United States of the special mission headed by Viscount Ishii. And when the Imperial Japanese Mission was uh, in New York City, they had a dinner and some pretty famous people spoke at this dinner. One of them was John Dewey. John Dewey is the father of our failing, disastrous public education system. Here's what he said. Listen very carefully. John Dewey, professor of philosophy in Columbia University, who was the next speaker, was listened to with great intentness. He said, quote, Someone remarked that the best way to unite all the nations on this globe would be an attack from some other planet. In the face of such an alien enemy, people would respond with a sense of their unity of interest and purpose. Unquote. I mean, and I've heard, I'd heard that before, and you know, I, you know, Bill Cooper, Bill Cooper. I mean, I I mess with Bill Cooper a little bit, but when he said and kept saying, and you know, that the the driver of the limo oh, yeah, turned yeah, yeah. And shot JFK, yeah. I was like, I, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I wonder if he would have thought that now, though. Well, I mean, like, if he's if he's as high up in naval intelligence as he says he was, true. And saying that, then he's, you know, you know. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to say necessarily he was a shill because the Arizona police came after him hard and he wasn't saying near the shit that like Alex Jones or whatever was saying. Nope. So I'm just like, it was, yeah, the fact that they got him for whatever he was doing. Um, I, I just think he's too smart to have said something so stupid. Have you seen Mirage Man? No. No, I don't think so. Mirage Man is a documentary about um, a U.S., a former U.S. Special Forces agent whose job it was to convince the American population that when they thought they were seeing um, a, a UFO, that that's what they were seeing, when in essence it was actually an advanced, advanced technology that the United States government had developed. At the core, there is something that they want to keep people away from, a real truth. Back in the early 80s, it was my job to confuse the UFO community. And it was very easy to convince Paul. Paul was a World War II veteran. He's very patriotic. He always flew his flag. Those type of people you can convince that, listen, you can't tell anybody else about this because this, you know, they could get in the wrong hands. Would we use perception to help shroud what we're trying to protect? Absolutely. If you've got an aerial platform that is highly advanced and the public who happens to get a glimpse of the thing, if they're convinced that it's from Venus and there's no way it could be our military, well, hey, you know, that's that's awesome. Hell yes. Uh, do you remember his name? I think I remember his story, not the movie, though. Um, oh, gosh, I can't. Oh, Richard, Richard Doty, I think it was. Richard Doty. Even doing our show, and I've noticed, 
you know, I'll just say some of the guests on our show and even guests I've seen on other shows, this, this movement, this genre of, of podcast has been definitely co-opted. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, just, like we said about propaganda earlier, like that's part of the move now. So discernment's always been key to our understanding what's really going on in the world. Now it really, really is because we're just being, even in this alternative media they're hitting you with bullshit like you know no planes Constantly. hit the hit 9-11 and you know holograms and you know the earth is i mean i whatever it's just it gets really australia doesn't exist dinosaurs are fake like what <laughs> yeah yeah it's overwhelming it gets overwhelming to the point where you feel like you don't trust anybody you don't trust anything I'm, that's where i'm at now man I'm for out there too. i think this week was actually good for me guys because i can't lie i have been kind of holding on to some hopium you know, just listening to Sarah Carter and you know how it is. And after that Clinton foundation hearing it, like it just cracked something in me and like, I feel better. I feel free now that I've put that hopium pipe down and like, I don't even care at this point. And it just, there's something liberating about it. Well, I mean, it's just, it could possibly be. And like I said, I want it to be true too. I just don't think it is. And maybe just from years of, you know, being set up for disappointment, you know, and thinking somebody, you know, the Clintons, you know, when he was governor bringing in hundreds of millions of dollars of cocaine to me, me to Arkansas, then only go on to become president. Like what the fuck? You know I mean? Right. It, it just, just the lack of accountability across the board on both sides and then kind of recognizing, you know, there's kind of not supposed to be any accountability. This is all the same, you know, it's like George Carlin said, it's a club. And you ain't in it. You ain't in it. <laughs> well, I think it's time to close the show. And um, Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming on. We really enjoyed having you. You are a wealth of information and um, just loved, ha- loved having you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you very much. And so if you could just share um, your links and uh, where we can find you. All right. I'm Jeffrey Wilson on Twitter. Like I said, it's kind of a one-stop shop for both shows and kind of everything I'm up to. But we are on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Stitcher. You can find us there. Most excellent. I will leave all those links in the description. And thank you again for coming on. All yeah, right. thanks, you guys take care. Buddy. No Great problem. Chat. Be good. And a special thanks to Sam Tripoli of Tinfoil Hat, who made this interview possible by making this introduction to Jeffrey. And to our audience, um, thank you for joining us again this week. And you can find us at thedeepshow.com. You can find us on Twitter at Deep Talk Show. And you can find us, well, on YouTube at, well, The Deep Show. (laughs) So good night, God bless, and see you next week.